welcome back to another episode of The Silent Battle. I hope everyone is having a great week so far. Today is going to be such a great segment. Again, I am your host, Erica Honeycutt, and today I will be interviewing Jefflyn Brewer from Olympia, Washington. Jefflyn has an autoimmune disease called inflammatory myositis. Today she is going to share her raw and candid story about her journey with myositis and how she manages her symptoms. Also, she will give us some tips, if she has any, on what may help you all out there to live life more easily as we battle our autoimmune diseases. Let's get started. Welcome, Jefflyn. Thank you for being part of the Silent Battle podcast today. Hello. <laughs> Jefflyn, can you again tell our listeners the name of your autoimmune disease and share your story with us regarding when this autoimmune disease showed up in your life? So I am. I have an inflammatory myositis, um, uh, which is um, inflammation of the muscles caused by autoimmune disease. Um, I uh, about a year ago started to um, have symptoms. I didn't know what they were. I had no idea what was going on with my body. Um, I it just. Out, like out of nowhere actually it really happened after my first COVID vaccine uh-huh. um, I got extremely weak wow. I had a really high fever I had a really strong response to the COVID vaccine oh, wow. for the first month um, and then that took me out for about two weeks mm-hmm. like I was weak I could barely walk um, I couldn't it, I was just tired all the time yeah. and then I had second COVID vaccine and the response to that one was even bigger. It had a huge rash. It went from one side of my body to the other. My fever was really high. My body was just really reacting to um, the vaccine. Wow. And I had never, like I didn't have many vaccines in my life. I had I never had a response like that to a vaccine. Right. So I just talked to like, well, this is all new, right? We don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. The vaccine is all new. Like probably just my body because I am very sensitive I must be just having a big response to it because I'm sensitive you know uh-huh. and so that that was really the beginning of it that was really how it all started um, so you had never had any symptoms like this before before you took the um, the vaccine well that's the thing is that before I now that I think like back before the vaccine, mm-hmm. I had some pain in my arm. Okay. Like some odd pain in my arm. Like it was weird. Like it, it wasn't normal. It wasn't a normal pain. And then a pain in my hip. And my hip oh. would pop out of joint every once in a while. And I'd be like, that's really weird. I don't know what's going on with my body. But also, it was the beginning of COVID, or it was COVID, you know, like we had COVID, and I wasn't doing anything. So I chalked that up to like, I'm really out of shape. I haven't worked out. I haven't uh-huh. gone anywhere doing anything like I must be just really out of shape you know right and so that was like the beginning now that I think back on like the symptoms that I've had and um I haven't I actually have an auto uh, another autoimmune disease I have an overlap mm-hmm. of Hashimoto's okay. and so when in September of that same year after getting the vaccines and stuff uh-huh. I um got so I diagnosed with Hashimoto's and I was like oh now it all makes sense I have Hashimoto's you know, so I could chalk it up to something else. Right. You know, but just thinking, trying to think outside of, like, what's going on with my body? How do I 
make sense of all this, you know? Right, right. So. And I mean, and I'm sure you definitely weren't thinking it was another autoimmune disease no. brewing because you were thinking, you know, I mean, because you're already, with you already having one, you know? Exactly, exactly. And, and inflammatory myositis, especially, you know, um, especially inflammatory myositis, they, they say they're very rare diseases. Uh -huh. Like, people just don't, nobody just has a myositis. Like, there's, right. it's a big few people have it and so it wasn't even on my radar honestly it wasn't even on my radar right um thought that it was possible i had honestly never even heard of it until you reached out to me so mm -hmm. um it's very interesting to hear about um now that you know that you have myositis how do you manage your symptoms well so i'm on a um a lot of different medications. Uh -huh. I mean, I guess for what I have, I'm on a lot fewer medications than most people. Mm -hmm. um, I'm taking some, um, I take prednisone, I take methotrexate, which is a low-dose methotrexate. Methotrexate is a chemotherapy drug. Uh, and I take, and I get IVIG treatments, which are plasma treatments every month, one, once every month. Um, I don't know how long those are going to last or what. Mm -hmm. um, what those entail, but um, for now I've had two of those, and before I started getting those, I was technically classified as pair of, or no, quadriplegic. I couldn't move my arms, I couldn't move my legs. Oh, wow. I had a hard time breathing and swallowing. Um, I couldn't lift my arms up off of my lap, you know, like I, right. I, I can't lean forward, I couldn't. I lost the ability to walk in March, and I'm still working on um, getting back up on my feet. So, oh, but those medications are, I mean. And I'll, again, tell us the name of the um, the I, the the one the medication you were just discussing. IVIG. IVIG. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's, a, it's an intervein. It's like it goes in through your bloodstream. They put in a um, a uh, IV, and you. Um, get plasma. Uh, it's a plasma tre treatment, basically, uh -huh. and it—it's amazing. It is a miracle. I swear, it is a miracle. It has um, changed uh, my life yeah. in the last few months. Um, I couldn't lift my arms up. I can lift my arms up now. Um, I can move my legs. I, I wasn't able to because what my insides does. Mm -hmm. Attacks the your uh, the muscles. muscles. Yeah, it, it causes them to be inflamed. In my case, uh, my creatine kinase levels, which are the en enzymes in your that your muscles release, mm -hmm. uh, were very high, nine thousand. My doctor has had said to me she had, in her thirty-year career as a physician mm -hmm. had never seen them that high. And so, when my body was like that, <laughs> I can't take anymore. Right. It was over. Like, that's when I had lost the ability to walk was when those levels got that high. And that causes, I mean, it was just, wow. I've never, I've never felt pain like that before. Wow. Um, never, you know, childbirth, of course, that's another story. Wow. Around together. So it was very much like, it was very, it still is a, quite a, um, the battle to get back up on my feet and start walking. And, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Has, That's been really hard. How often do you get the IV treatment? Just once a month. So, um, 
but they are two. They are over two days, and they're uh, nine hours a day. I see. So eighteen hours total for two days. I get it, the infusion. Okay. Um, has it been hard for you to adjust to taking uh, the medications for this disease? Which I know okay. that you know you said that you know basically this one that is through the IV has been life changing for you. So you know. Um, you definitely have to uh, weigh the pros with the the cons with the pros. You know the pros with the cons. So yep. has it been has it been hard for you to adjust to the medications? Uh, yeah, it, it has. They're harsh. Like prednisone and methotrexate are both very harsh drugs. They do a lot of damage to liver and kidneys. Mm -hmm. And so you really have to be careful. I mean, with those with those two medications, the IVIG. Side effects are um, a lot less difficult. It's the actual like getting the infusions that is, is kind of hard. You have to, you know, sit there for nine hours and right. You know, it can get uh, not that that's but for me right now. I'm not gonna, I'm not really walking, but for some people, it's it's very difficult. Yeah. For me myself, the, the, the there are I do have a few side effects from the infusions. They can cause they can cause headaches. Um, but thankfully, that's the only um, side effect that I've had so far. And sometimes those headaches can go on for days. Uh, but, but that's really the only side effect that I have, which is wonderful. Well, thankfully, yes, that you're tolerating uh, yep. the medication very well, it seems to seems like. So that's a plus. It is. Have you had to make um, some adjustments? I'm sure you have. To your daily routine because of the myositis due to it affecting you physically? Oh my gosh, yes. I haven't worked um, in, it's been a year now that I've actually, that I've been unemployed mm -hmm. um, due to, um, I was a nanny by trade before all this happened. Uh -huh. And as you, I mean, I don't know if you know, but nannies, nannies have very physical jobs. I was, um, a very physical nanny. We went outside and did outdoor stuff all the time. I walked all the time. Mm -hmm. I was home five acres. Um, I have, you know, I have an 11 year old. My my life has changed, and my child's life has changed considerably because of all this. Um, I, do, I don't, you know, basically don't leave my bed very often. Yeah. And that is like, wow, what a like mental. Um, it just—it's just so hard. It's oh yeah, so hard. I'm sure. You know? I'm sure. And, and with you saying, um, you know, you're talking about your mental health. That was going to be actually my next question because you know your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And you know, um, with all these drastic changes and that you, you know, that that you that you faced and that you are still facing, um, I can't imagine you know, how you feel mentally. So um, that's what I was going to ask, you know, how is your mental health doing since the diagnosis? It's been, it, at first, it, I was really scared, honestly. Like, I was frightened because I had never heard of this disease. I didn't know what was going on. All I knew was that I couldn't walk. I had gone to many health officials, like to doctor's offices, ERs, urgent cares, and no one could tell me what was going on. And they all sent me home, like, you're fine. And so I thought it was fine, but then suddenly I couldn't walk. And so I was frightened. I, um, 
have worked through a lot of the fear mm-hmm. and um, a lot of um, my day consists of my I have to say this my mother-in-law who is my main caregiver uh-huh. is one of the most incredible people I've ever known if I can't laugh she will get me going she will <laughs> get me laughing and that will just change my perspective on my day on my week on my month on my year whatever she has kept me going um many days when I wake up and think well, can I do another day in this bed yeah can I do a you know just sitting here and yes because I have my family around me and they make it so much easier that's um, that's awesome because your support yeah. system especially when you're facing these autoimmune diseases like we have is so important um, you know, to help you to to just get through, just to get through it, you know. Yes. Yeah. If you, t- I, I, it's hard too because you know people don't realize how hard it is to care for someone. Right. You know. Absolutely. Like, it's, so hard. it's so hard on the family dynamic, on your relationships. Yes. Yes, I couldn't it agree becomes, more. You know, it becomes such a like. Okay. Are we part like with my partner and I? And, mm-hmm. um, he and I have had, you know, it, it's it's there are times where he's just my caregiver. Right. There, you know, there's there's none of the like intimacy or um, niceties of relationship when I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I get that. So I have to help you do that. Yeah. And you, the person that you who loves you who has to do that, and then that sometimes can cloud your relationship a little bit too. Right. Because there's, there's a certain amount of disconnect between helping someone to the bathroom and, you know, loving them. Right. Not, and not, not in the way that it's like, he doesn't love me, but... But just having that intimacy there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely understand, you know. There's many times that I've actually felt the same way that you, you know, are describing now, and what I had to, you know, tell myself and and really make myself understand is, um, when you get married, which, you know, I I don't, you said you're part of it, you know, I'm married, I've been married for um, going on 11 years, and it's for better or for worse, and if that person really loves you, um, they want to be there, they want to provide that help you need um, all the way around um, they're not just there for the good days they're they're there for, they're there for the bad days too and you know so you just have to to learn to understand that and it was hard for me too because I'm so independent and I, I uh, didn't want anybody feeling sorry for me or you know sure. I just I just, you know, it was just, um, it was hard in the beginning, but then I realized that, um, you know, my family loves me. My husband loves me. He wouldn't want to, he wouldn't be here if he didn't want to be here to help me. You know, if, if that, if, you know what I mean? Absolutely, I do. I do. And that is really, that was one of the hardest things for me was accepting help from people. Yes. Even though I can't do this I, I'm having such a hard time with my body. Yes. Having someone help me, oh my gosh, the vulnerability in that was 
almost too much for me. Yeah. I think that's why my mental health took a dive is because I was having such a hard time accepting that people wanted to help me and that they loved me yeah. and that it was okay for yeah. them to do things for me. That they are actually being genuine about it, yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. That's exactly right. So I, and I know I've heard from other people who suffer from, who suffer from chronic illness and other debilitating illnesses that mm-hmm. they've also felt that way. Because I, I do believe this. Our society puts so much emphasis on what you can accomplish. Right. And how, how, you know, or how, how profitable are you? How that is, like, makes you more, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of trying to think of, sorry. It makes you, uh, it, it's better, you know, right. it's better if it's more profitable. It's better if you can do more or, or produce more or whatever. And so we put ourselves in that mindset and then all of a sudden we have these things that are wrong with us. Right. And truly really believe that we're not worth anything anymore. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but that's the beginning of my disease. Like, that was probably one of the hardest things for me is accepting help because I, I'm the caretaker. Right. I, I'm the mom. I'm the person people and I had to accept the fact that people want to take care of me and they love me enough to do it no I I completely understand exactly where you're coming from and another thing is too um I believe social media plays a big role into how we feel as well I mean this is just coming from me because you may get on Facebook and you see the perfect, you know, you see all your friends and they look like they're having the best time, uh, perfect family, perfect, perfect family settings and, um, you know, they're doing all these things and, and then you're laying over here and you're sick. Well, of course, that's not their, it's not their fault, but then, you know, you just begin to think, why me? Everybody else is, you know, living their life and having a great time and, you know, they're doing this and they're doing that and, and I'm just over here, you know, and I'm always, you know, sick. But then you have to get those negative thoughts out of your mind because um, you never know what those people are going through um, behind closed doors. Social, you just see what you see on social media. You just see what people put on there. You don't see really how it, it really is in their day-to-day life. So you can't go off of what you see on social media. That's my point I'm trying to make about that. Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, I can't even tell you like the amount of time that I spent at the beginning of this after like, you know, all, all of the stuff that happened and losing my ability to walk, how envious I felt of people who were out doing things or, you know, traveling or whatever they were doing. Right. Um, Realize like the expectation that I have you're right. They, they have, I have no idea what they're going through. Right. I have no idea what their mental health journey is or their right. physical journey is or how the, you know, how they're feeling even on that day. And so right. it is such an unrealistic uh, place to find, to just, to just be and, and look at people's lives and see like what they're going through because absolutely the best, you know, like it's right. really pretty not the ugly stuff. You can't compare your life to theirs is basically what it is, you know, because yeah. um, you, you just, you know, you don't like, like we, we were, like we're talking about, you don't know 
what is actually going on. You just see what they have posted on social media, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I, I'm a part of a lot of online, like, myositis groups. Uh-huh. And I, I'm really not one for false, for, uh, sorry, false positivity. I have a really mm -hmm. hard time with people um, uh, being falsely positive. Um, but I've learned a lot from those groups because I feel like if you actually just let yourself wallow in this, right. you don't sometimes, like, post little blurbs of, like, how positive you feel, mm -hmm. even if you've seen it, I think that it would crush you. I think it would crush the people that have it, because it is so hard, mm -hmm. and it is so debilitating, and just a little bit of light, whether it's a meme or some little saying or a poem, really does get you through the day, right. or it's just a little bit of something to, like, grasp when you're feeling really low, right. and but I've changed my mind about that a lot. I mean, I still am, I have a hard time with, you know, false positivity, but I also know that there's a time and place for, like, giving yourself a pep talk. Right. And let yourself feel positive if you need to. Right, absolutely. And, you know, um, I look at it like I try to be as positive as I can. I try to spread positivity because, you know, and I try to watch where, who I talk to and who I associate myself with because, um, you know, what a person, you, you know, I feel like you can, a person can spew positivity in you and that can just brighten your day and make you feel so much better and um, make you um, feel positive. It can it can rub off on you, but that can also be vice versa. What if you are around someone negative, or um, you're associating with someone negative, or you're on social media reading negative things? Well, that can rub off on you as well, and that can begin to uh, have you to make you have a negative mindset. So I feel like it's so important for you to surround yourself around positivity. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I didn't believe that way until I met my mother-in-law, Roxanne. She is like, well, that's just what it is today. Let's get up and smile and laugh and let's move on. Yeah. Let's pass it. And it's not brushing it out of, out of the way or under the rug. Um, we can talk about it, too. And we can have those moments of, like, this really hurts or this really sucks or right. this makes me sad. And we can sit with it for a moment and then we're like, and then she's like, okay, what's next? Let's get going. Because we can't, you know, we can't sit in this. And it really does help me a lot. Yeah. Really and the good thing is, too, Jefflyn, is that every day is not going to be perfect. That's, a, that's another thing. Um, but the thing is, there's always the next day yep. <laughs> that's coming. And, and for you to make up for, you know, how you felt the day before, you know. So that's what I think about, too, is, you know, okay, today might not be a good day, but tomorrow... Could be awesome, you know? Absolutely. 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 <laughs> what do you think is most important for our listeners that are battling their autoimmune diseases to know? I would say um, don't give up on yourself. Advocate for yourself. Yes. And if you have a hard time advocating for yourself, 
there's there's got to be someone in your life that can advocate for you. I, you know, don't give up on yourself because I, you know, something's wrong. I think that I let a lot of people talk me out of my symptoms and talk mm-hmm. me out of what was wrong with me. And instead of listening to my body and listening to what I knew was going on, mm-hmm. I, I let other people influence it. And I didn't find answers right away because I really, I believed it. I believed the doctors. I believed when they said there was nothing wrong with me that there was nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. But obviously there was something wrong with me. Right. And, you know, I didn't know how to advocate for myself. I know much better these days how to do that. And um, if, you know, if they need an advocate, give them they can have my email address. I'll, I'll, I'll take on any doctor for anyone, anytime. <laughs> I really will. <laughs> I'm here to advocate for people because you know your body best. Yeah. And, it, and you know something's wrong, so just don't give up. Don't give up. That's awesome, and you're absolutely right. Um, you're, you know, <clears throat> You're your best advocate, you know, um, because like you said, you're the only one that knows really how you're feeling because you're the one that's dealing with it. So, um, you know, I, c- I couldn't agree more. That was, that is the best advice you could get, you can give. Um, do you have anything else to share or add to today's segment? Um, I don't, I, I you know, I, I really am, I, I love, I listen to all of the, your podcasts um, in one day, <laughs> oh. <laughs> because I really, I, and I really enjoyed it, and I really hope that um, Thank other you. people find comfort and, um, you know, find, find friends or at least friendly people who are going through the same things, because yeah. we need that, to know that we're not alone but to know that there are other people who can at least understand because sometimes it's really hard yes. for, people, for able-bodied folks to understand like this is something really hard that we're going through yeah we need to know that other people at least can understand us so I appreciate you oh you're so welcome um, you know that's my goal you know I want people to you know like you said feel like that they they, they're not alone because they're, we're not. There's so many people out there who are going through exactly what we're going through, you know? And um, I just, I wanted a, them to have, I, I wanted us to have a platform that we could all gather to where we could hear each other and, and like you said, find comfort in, in hearing our stories and um, knowing that we're not alone. And, I, I appreciate you so much for reaching out to me and coming on here and just allowing me to interview you. you you're awesome. You have been such a pleasure to talk to. Thank and you so much. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know this interview really educated and helped a lot of listeners out there. Great. That's all I want. That's all I really want. Well, remember, if you out there have any questions or comments, please email me at thesilentbattle2022 at gmail.com. Again, it's thesilentbattle2022 at gmail.com. And always remember, life is tough, but so are you. Again, everyone have a great rest of the day, and 
Uh, I appreciate you so much, Jefflyn. Thank you so much.